Welcome along to The Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team. I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Dominic Trimboli. We'll be looking ahead to this weekend's visit of Middlesbrough as the Yards look to get back on track after back-to-back defeats against Brentford and Leeds. We'll be getting Sinton's verdict on the last couple of games and how Saturday's match against Middlesbrough should be approached. We'll also hear from a man who's made an excellent start to the season, left-back Ryan Manning. It's all right here on The Loftcast. Well, since, Dom, thanks very much for joining us. It's been a little while since we had a, a The Loftcast, having to games becoming midweek games, even games that weren't supposed to be midweek games becoming midweek games. Uh, just looking back on the, the last couple of results, um, as we then we'll look in more detail at the, the last fixture uh, against Leeds United at the weekend. But firstly, just going back to, obviously, we had the game against Hull, which we won 3-2, the game against Reading, which was a, a 2-2 draw, and then the, the 3-1 defeat against Brentford. Since just coming to you, firstly, looking at those games as, as a whole, what's been your, your, your overriding thoughts so far? Probably a little bit, a little frustrated. Um, I think that's the mood within the camp. You know, you go to Hull, uh, get a deserved victory. You know, uh, for me, a really, really good second half where we deserve to win the game. And you're coming back... Um, You've got two games at home where you really, really want to play well in front of your own fans, you know, both on the TV. Um, and we probably, when I say frustrated, and answer to your question, we, we probably, in both of those games, didn't perform to the levels and the standards that we had prior to that. So, uh, so yeah, that's when I say a bit frustrating. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the game against Hull was a, an, an excellent victory and it was, in many ways, no disrespect to the other players on the pitch, but it became a little bit the Ibira Eze show. Um, he did exceptionally well. It was the general consensus, uh, and, the, and like you say, the, the games against Ren, Reading and Brentford, we perhaps didn't play to that level. Interestingly, Mark Warburton was asked after both games questions to that effect of why didn't they play to the level they have been, and his answer quite simply was, "Well, they're human beings; they're not robots. It's not like they decide not to play to that level. They're yep. trying to play to that level, and obviously the opposition deserve a, a deal of credit for that as well, but." I suppose that is the the inconsistency. Well, it's sport, isn't it? Of younger players, yeah, and and sport generally. I was asked the same question on Saturday. You know, we're um, you know like the 30 million people in the country watch the World Cup final. You know, someone said to me as soon as I got the leads, oh, how can we play so well against New Zealand and play like that against Africa? Well, that's sport. You're playing against another team who are going to try and stop you. You're playing against good tie, good teams who'll try and work you out tactically, and it happens. You know, so. Um, so yeah, excellent up at Hull. You know what we were then fourth uh, in the table, really riding high. Um, then you come up against, you know, Reading was always going to be a dangerous fixture for me because I still look at their side and they're not a bottom three, bottom four team when when I see them on paper and they played like that. And uh, and against Reading we were probably fortunate to get a point if you like. But I think I said on commentary and I said it after the game. We're probably a bit disappointed after that game, but that's a sign of how far we've come this mm. season. Um, and on that game, and that game in isolation, we weren't at our best, but we still didn't get beat. More specifically, Dom, uh, the game against Brentford, a, a disappointing 3-1 th- defeat. Um, and uh, the major talking point afterwards was the, the penalty decision that was awarded at 1-1. It's the second time this season, in fact, that's happened where we've gone a goal down, pulled it back to 1-1. We look like we're in the ascendancy. The stadium is up. And then we concede a penalty. Obviously, Swansea was the last occasion. And um, against Brentford, it was a, 
hotly disputed penalty, shall we say, and it really turned the game that moment, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, on the whole, Brentford probably were the better side over the 90 minutes, but um, like you said, having gone in 1-0 down at half-time and coming out and pulling that goal back and looking like we were sort of getting back on top of things and then to have um, that penalty call, which is a bit of a sucker punch and took the wind out of our sails, um, obviously a massive turning point in the game and sort of left us chasing thereafter, which um, I guess didn't suit how we were sort of set up for that game. And then obviously the, the third goal was more of a, a result of us pushing forward. So a bit of a, a harsh result looking back on it. And of course it comes down to that, that penalty decision, which I think everyone who uh, is of sane mind would have said is a bit of a contentious, <laughs> contentious decision. But um, that's football. Um, like I said, I think Brentford probably deserves their three points in the end, but um, now I guess we just have to focus on getting back to it and, and putting in a, a good performance um, this Saturday in front of our home fans. And with regards to the, the game against Brentford, since it also what ha needs to be taken into account or, or does it is the fact that Brentford have played that style for a number of years. The style that QPR are now implementing is a style that's been brought in by Mark Warburton three months ago. That, that's a factor that has to be considered, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. And, you know, credit to Brentford. Um, you know, over recent seasons, I think they've been excellent. And Mark was probably, uh, I think he took over from uh, UA Rosler. But the, the way they wanted to play, the word identity was very much starting to get ingrained in mm. Brentford five, six, seven years ago. Um, they have a set way of playing, have players who fit that criteria. Their recruitment's been really, really well. So, uh, so all credit to them, the fact they managed to have the upper hand over, over us in the last few years um, doesn't sit particularly great with Rangers fans. Um, but you know, um, we've come a long, long way in a very short space of time. And I've, I've said on this um, platform many times, I say whenever I'm speaking to people, I think Mark and his staff and the players and the people behind the scenes at the club uh, deserve a lot of credit for what they did during the summer. Big summer of upheaval. And to get us to where we are 15 games into the season, um, they deserve a, a hell of a lot of credit for that. And I still think we can get better. Yeah, we've had a blip over the last sort of couple of weeks, but that's going to happen. Any team in the division is going to have, um, I wouldn't say a wobble, but a, a, a bad period of games. It's how quickly you can put it behind you and move on. And um, yeah, we're still in a fantastic position. We certainly are. We'll talk about expectancy and the challenges that come with that later on but one of the the challenges has been defensively obviously we haven't kept a, a clean sheet so far this season is that almost the nature of our style of play Mark Warburton has been asked about it and he said if if we can win the games that's basically what I care about I'm sure ideally he would like a, a clean sheet but for him that isn't critical it's about the result well, ultimately, that is the most important thing. You know, it's it, it's no good being entertaining week after week after week, but losing three, two, four, three every week. You know, because that's going to get you in a position in the league where you don't want to be. So it's just about getting that balance right. I know for a fact, and I say this as a personal thing, I've enjoyed watching us play this year. Where there was times, I think um, most people, yeah, um, most that. most people have the fans I speak to have. There was times, and I don't mind saying this, there was times where I didn't enjoy us watching us play last year. You know, um, I don't like QPR, my team, when I'm watching home or away playing people, and we hardly have a shot. I think that's been different this year, other than probably Leeds, which we'll talk about in a 
in a bit, but um, the nature of the way Mark wants to play is an open, expensive, attractive way of playing. But it's just about getting that balance. And I still think the goals that we've conceded, lost track of how many penalties there's been. I've lost track of um, a couple from set plays. You know, so no one's really carving us open to the to the degree. Yet Brentford had three or four good opportunities that Liam Kelly saved. But if you're going to play in a certain way, there's always pros and there's always cons. Yet we need to tighten up at the back. Yet we, someone was telling me yesterday, you know, we got the worst defensive record in the league at home. You know, yeah, that probably needs to change a little bit. Um, but if you look at the makeup of the side. I think we'll always create chances, or the majority of games will create chances. We've got people in the side. How long ago is it since we had three goal scorers in the top ten in the division? Mm. You know, so you can either grind at a nil-nil and win at one-nil and bore the pants off people, or you can try and play and try and open teams up. And if you're going to do that, on the odd occasion, you might get punished. And also, it isn't just down to those three individuals that they're in the top ten. Obviously, you're referencing uh, Naki Wells, Jordan Hugel and Nabira, is he? But... It's the style of play that allows those players to get the opportunities to get those goals. Yeah, of course. I mean, um, you know, Elias Chair is another one who I think is really benefiting from the setup and the system as well. Um, we've seen Bright um, do extremely well as well when he's been caught upon. Um, but I think, you know, that goes, uh, credit goes to, I guess, the players behind them providing that platform. Um, you know, defensively, I guess, yeah, we've been conceding goals, but um, at the same time, they've been key in sort of the overall picture of the team and jump-starting attacks. I mean, there's been plenty of goals this season which have started from the back. So I think all in all, um, you know, when we talk about how good we are going forward, we sort of have to give credit to the players, you know, in that back third as well, um, to what they're contributing to the team. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point you make as well about the the chances that start from the back and, and I think because of in recent years this hasn't been our style of play there is almost that you can sense that nervousness at the stadium when QPR are playing out from the back but if you're going to look back at our best goals this season like a lot of people talk about Abiriezi's goal against Stoke if you, if you look at that the, the goalkeeper Joe Lumley w was involved in, in the build-up to that goal on that day and there have been other examples as well so I suppose it's a, a case of the supporters getting used to it as much as the players getting used to it, the style that we now have. I just think it's like anything, Paul. I think you've just got to get the balance right, you know, mm. um, and what is the balance? You know, it's um, maybe out of possession, we just need to be a little bit tighter. But, you know, if you're playing an expansive way and you're making the pitch big and you, you want to play through the thirds and you want to create space... If you give the ball away in certain areas, they might be at you very, very quickly. But as I say, I'll go, yeah, we've conceded too many goals. I hold my hands up for that. But a lot of individual errors, which has nothing to do with the way the team is set up. You know, the penalties we've given away, they're just probably a couple have been harsh. I don't want to go back because I think we had that last year where we, we seem to be the, the unluckiest team in the world and we're still talking about it the month later. You know, they're given, so maybe our decisions uh, in and around the penalty area need to be a little bit better defensively. Our, um, our positional sense might need to be a little bit better um, when we lose the ball. But uh, on the whole, I think we've, we've made a good start to the season. I think there's more to come. And I, for one, enjoy watching us, the watch the way we play. But... It's about getting the balance and we might just need to tighten up a little bit defensively. 
Turning then to um, our last outing, Leeds United away. It was always going to be a, a very difficult game. Leeds are much fancied for certainly being on, in the top six come the end of the season, if not top two. Uh, Tom will tell on that. But looking back on the game as a whole, any complaints about the result? Uh, um, a 2 0 defeat? No complaints from me. I think uh, we come up against a, a very, very good side. The life fully expect to be there or thereabouts. You know, just. Everyone was saying they were a banker last year, and up until Easter they probably were. Then just, mm. I think they lost at home to Wigan um, Easter Monday, and seemed to derail them a little bit. They're they're in a really good position now. Uh, credit to the manager for what he's done with them. Um, but yeah, a, a really really good side. And I thought, you know, there was for twenty minutes. I thought it was an even game the first half, where we we give as good as we got. But there was a there was a period of about 10, 15 minutes where they just pend us back the way they play you know they're high press they're hunting and fours and fives and sixes and just didn't allow us to to, mm. to play out and um, no surprise probably when they took the lead um, then you know with their record Ellen Road you know they've only conceded eight games eight goals all season you know if they get the first goal it's going to be difficult then we've got to stretch the game a little bit but um, early part of the second half again even game but and answer your question in a long way around no complaints from me I think we come up against a very good side that um, deserved to win uh, Dom they obviously scored their, their opener just before half time 39 minutes uh, from Tyler Roberts and like Sin said I think the first 15-20 was the match between the two sides but then Leeds started getting the, the upper hand and it's one of those where you wonder had we got to half time goalless whether then there would have been a bit of a nervousness around Ellen Road, but that sort of settled the, the locals down and then it became very, very difficult from that point on, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I don't think we created much going forward. I think that the Jordan Hugel header, um, which I guess was only a half chance, was probably uh, our best side on goal all game, which sort of tells you the story um, of how difficult they made life for us. But yeah, like Sin said, they're a top side. Um, it's hard to, to go there and expect to to dominate the ball. They're obviously so energetic on and off the ball um, and they made life really hard for us. And like you said, that, that fact that they got that sort of early-ish goal um, would have settled any sort of nerves um, and just gave them that platform that they could really sort of settle down, play their game and, and see out, I guess, what in the end was a pretty comfortable result for them. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Jordan Hugel header and you're right, it was almost a, a half chance, but for someone like him, so good in the air, it was a great cross from the right by Todd Kane and that was with about 20 minutes to go. And had he found the back of the net with that, you, again, you're talking fine margin, but all of a sudden it could have been. Because actually at, at the stadium at the time, when Hugel's head has gone wide, there was almost an audible gasp around Ellen Road because perhaps the Leeds um, supporters up to that point thought they were just going to see the game out. And suddenly it was a bit of a warning shot. And it was a bit, OK, hang on, this game might not be over just yet. And you think... Had that gone in, it could have perhaps turned it. But having said that, obviously Leeds had a, a number of uh, good opportunities as well where they could have scored more. So you couldn't have too many complaints about the result as a whole. But um, since what was your verdict on Lee Wallace? Uh, that was his first out in four QPR. It's been a frustrating start to his uh, QPR career since joining us in the summer from Glasgow Rangers. Initially injured, then he got back to full fitness and um, he's had to sit and admire our guest who will be joining us shortly, Ryan Manning, who's been doing excellently in what is Lee, Walker, Lee Wallace's natural position of left-back. Yeah, I think first and foremost, it was great to see Lee um, 
make his debut for us. You know, he comes with um, good pedigree. You know, Mark's worked with him before. Mark knows what he's all about. And I remember not giving too much away, but speaking to Mark a few months ago when Lee was out, uh, injured as well as his ability, what he gives you as a character and what he gives you in the dressing room. And, you know, um, uh, Mark was singing his praises really, really highly uh, on that aspect of his game. Performance-wise, Saturday, I think he can be really, really pleased in a tough place to step into um, against good opponents. But, you know, I thought he... Uh, he defended well as he made one unbelievable tackle in the first half. You know, Patrick Bamford's clean through, he shimmies, and before you know it, Lee comes from nowhere and has to time it to perfection. Does he's uh, from our vantage point in the stand, you could see him organising people. His distribution was good. So, um, yeah, listen, I don't think it'll take much pride in getting making his debut in a team that's lost, but I think uh, he'll have sat on the bus going home relatively pleased or he should be pleased with his performance he said afterwards he had mixed emotions obviously pleased to make his debut but and he did look visibly frustrated by the result um but he, he looks a very calm character as well i mean <laughs> leads united away to make your debut it, it could be easier places <laughs> for him to make his debut you look very calm but i suppose you expect that from someone who's played in god knows how many uh, derbies between rangers and celtic over the years yeah well, he's, he's had numerous years at Certainly, one of the biggest clubs in Scotland. You know, arguably fan base and stature um, from the past in Europe. You know, so uh, leads away because that is an intimidating place to go. Uh, I can tell you that from personal experience. You know, thirty-five thousand people there get right behind the side, appeal for everything, uh, make it hot for the opposition. Well, they're to... not saying very best wishes, Andy. We hope you have a lovely game. Well, I certainly didn't say that to me. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, Lee would have took that any stride and sometimes you know, they're the games you want to be involved in. So uh, despite the result, uh, delighted to see him play. Um, and as I say, uh, hopefully he can go on and have a, a really, really good season and future with QBR. Yeah, and Dom, just looking at those recent results and it was a case of had we beat Reading, we could have gone joint top. Had we beaten Brentford, we would have been in the top two. Had we beaten Leeds at the weekend, we'd be fourth right now. And you sort of hear that go, oh, you know, missed opportunities. But then you think, hang on, we need to remember, one, what we thought was going to be happening this season in terms of the challenge of staying in the division. And, and two, just how, how much we're, we, we've developed in such a short space of time. Because let's not forget, at the start of the season, last year we finished 19th. And at the start of the season, or in the closed season, we, we've sold a couple of our you know, stronger players in the squad from last year. So to, to bring in new players and all to bed in and, and suddenly be having conversations like, oh, we could have gone top two when we're into November now. I mean, it, there's a lot of positives to be taken from the opening couple of months. Oh, of course. I think it's fair to say we have exceeded expectations so far. Um, I mean, purely from the fact that, as Andy said, we've become a, a side that is exciting to watch again. I mean, obviously results have improved as well, but the fact that we're a side who attracts people to a stadium now and, and gets bums on seats and um, you know, brings that sort of excitement back to the ground. I mean, that's a, it's a major thing. And I think, like you said, with the sort of restructure that's gone in in the off season, to have that alone is just um, something that I think we should really be able to hang our hat on. Mm. Um, and yeah, of course, it's, it's great sort of having those scenarios where we could possibly, you know, top two or if we win this game we go to this but in the same token I'm sure a lot of other teams are sort of in that position and saying the same sort of things as well so 
um, yeah, we know what a tough competition it is and um, I think if we just keep doing what we're doing, um, keep trying to get that sort of consistent run together, then um, I think, yeah, we'll be there and thereabouts. And that's, I guess, all we could hope for, um, I guess, coming into this season. So I think, yeah, we should be really proud of, of where we are at the moment. Yeah, without a doubt. Just coming in on, on Domi, you know, I, uh, I go back to my playing days and I still dislike it now. I, I, I hate when I get to a stadium and someone says, you know, if we win the night, we can go second <laughs> wing and go, oh, we can actually go top until someone else plays, you know. I'm a little bit old school, you know, but I just think every game, points are so hard to come by. Mm. Three points or a point, three points or a point, and you'll you'll be where you are in the league as a consequence of how many points you've got. And so, um, yeah, if you win tonight, you can go second. If you can win tonight, you know, but just, it's almost detach yourself from where your three points can put you. Just, And I'm not saying that's why we got beat, yeah. but my mindset is, you know what, I don't care where we're going to be at the end of this game. We just focus on the next game and try and get the points on the board there. So as I say, I have a wry smirk when, when people say, oh, you know, if we win tonight, we'll be here, there, okay. Got win tonight first yeah, time. Yeah. So, so to be clear, if you're a fan listening to this and you were a young fan who saw Andy Sinton going to games and said, "Andy, if we win tonight, we could go fifth," he, he hated you for it. <laughs> um, we'll turn into one player who's had a, an excellent start to the season. Um, personally, I mean, we're talking about the team have had an excellent start to the season, and personally, Ryan Manning has had a, had a great start. What have you made of um, how well he's done? Obviously, you got brought in to left-back almost as a surprise last season towards the tail end after coming back from Rotherham, but he's remained in that position and he's, he's grown and grown, hasn't he? I can't sing uh, praises highly enough for Ryan for his performances this season. You know, he's, um, he's coming in. He's, he's come in, he's playing that left back or left wing back, you know, I know he did it a couple of times last year. Um, delighted to see him playing, delighted to see him develop, delighted the way you see him uh, the way he's playing and delighted for what I've seen from Ryan because one of the things Ryan first thing in pre-season he might have had to contend with he was thinking about playing left back he sees a manager a new manager brings someone in who he's already worked with and I'm sure because I've been there myself you know I'm sure Ryan's thinking okay so but what Ryan's done he's buckled down he's trained really really hard yet Lee got injured which we we, we spoke about so, so just sorry to interject there. So what you're saying is as a player, if you're a left winger and the club sign a left winger in the summer, you don't think this is fantastic competition for places and it brings out the best in me. You're thinking, oh, Christ, I might lose me place. <laughs> Certainly if the manager's worked with someone before, that's normally, uh, yeah, that, that, that's normally a, a, a sign. But um, as I said, Ryan, I think, has, has been outstanding as, as some of the other players have been as well you know to to play at the level that he's played um, you know his defensive aspect of his games come on leaps and leaps and bounds for me there's times where he plays 1v1 and certain where you look at Saturday for instance he's up against Helder Costa mm. 70 million quid a couple of years ago yeah. you know um, so Ryan's defending against top top wide players and wingers has really really improved his ability to get forward um, his distribution his crossing ability, his fitness levels have been um, outstanding for me. His game understanding looks to me like it's improved immensely over recent months. And I suppose you give credit to the the the, the manager and the staff out on the training ground. But all the credit goes to Ryan. You know he's got to do it. And um, 
jumping forward a little bit, what Ryan's got to do now, you'll see, you'll see someone like Lee fit in the squad. Ryan, I, I hear a couple of weeks ago, rumoured of possibly negotiations about a new contract and that'll be great, but all Ryan's got to do is just keep performing, keep working day in, day out. When you're played, you've got the shirt, don't give anyone any excuse to take that shirt away from it. And if he keeps performing at the level, all the rewards will come from international call-ups, new contracts, etc., etc. Don't get distracted. Just keep what you doing what you do. Uh, we'll speak to him very shortly. But um, just a word on that: you, you mentioned the the international call-up. He's been called up into the provisional squad at least for Republic of Ireland's upcoming games against New Zealand and Denmark. Mick McCarthy was at the Reading game. Um, can you cast your mind back to where your playing days and when you were aware a certain manager would, was in the, the stadium watching you? Were you aware beforehand? Did it impact on you? I was aware because people used to, couldn't wait to tell you. What was the situation? Uh, uh, you know, you, you're in, in and around or you've been rumoured you could get in the England squad. You hear one of the managerial team or the manager themselves at the game today. You Who know, would you, tell you that? Would it be one of your teammates say, you're not going to believe what I've just seen or since I've heard that? No, team, teammates probably wouldn't. It would be someone in and around the, the peripheral of the, of the squad that couldn't wait to tell you, basically wanting to make contact with you. And, you, you and did you welcome knowing in advance? I suppose bother. it's different for individuals. I can only speak for myself, but yeah. it didn't bother me because my routine, my mindset prior to the game wouldn't change. Right. Whoever we were playing, uh, whoever I thought was watching, did it put me under any pressure? Not really, because I knew I was a good player. I knew if mm. I kept performing to the level, and that's what I'm saying about Ryan, just keep performing. Don't, don't listen to the noise. Don't get any distractions. You, again, we talked about the three points will put you in a position in the league. Your performances will put you in a position where you do get recognition and you do get rewarded as you as you progress. So, uh, so an answer to your question, people would tell me, but didn't really bother me to be honest. Well, we'll ask Ryan Manning if it had the same impact on him. We'll be catching up with him right now. The thoughts of our left back, Ryan Manning. Ryan, thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast. Just firstly, reflecting on the, the most recent game, a, a 2 0 defeat to, to Leeds. How, how are you and the players reflecting on that? Um, I mean, obviously, it wasn't the result we were looking for, but I think lots of positives to take from it. You know, it's a tough place to go. They're a good <coughs> squad, but, you know, we, we were you know, in the game before they got the second. You know, we were there, thereabouts. We had a chance to maybe go one all. So, <coughs> you know, there is positives to take from it. and. I mean, we've had probably the last three results, you know, one point from nine, not the best of form, but it's, we're still, you know, there, thereabouts in the top half of the table, which just goes to show, you know, how well we did start. So, I mean, there's loads of positive, positives to take from the game, but, you know, we're looking forward that we have, you know, an extra game now before the international break, so we can kind of try and put together a bit of momentum heading into it. Yeah, absolutely. And Leeds away was always going to be one of the tougher ones they were at obviously in the playoffs last season and many expect them to possibly finish top two this season. How do they compare to the other teams we've faced? I mean, obviously West Brom are another side that seem to really stand out as well. I mean, I think, I think everyone that's watched us this season will say no team's really played us off the park or, you know, we were in a game where we were, you know, non-existent, mm. you know. I think the result against Cardiff was probably our heaviest defeat. I think, you know, we, with no way we should have lost 3-0, you know. <laughs> so I think there's, there's no team that we've really gone caught. You know, they're, they're a good squad, you know. <coughs> we were out of our depth today. So 
I think obviously your Leeds, your West Broms, they're going to be there, thereabouts because of how good their squads are and, mm. and that. So um, I think we're, we're in a good place at the moment. I think all our kind of, we've suppose we had a couple of injuries over the last week that were kind of not the most ideal timings, but we've kind of dealt with it. The boys that came in, at, you know, at the weekend did exceptional. We, we put in a good performance. So there's definitely like a, a, a good group kind of here that can adapt to different scenarios and, and I definitely think that you know we're, we're in a good place. Are you lot enjoying being a bit of an unknown quantity? Yeah I mean that's like the gaffer says it all the time to us you know that there's people had no expectations for us at the beginning of the season you know they were tipping us for relegation I think so you know to have started the way we did and kind of proved all them people wrong mm. just goes to show you know how good you know there's, there's a camaraderie and, and a belief within the squad and within the club of how good we can actually be. Because of the start of the season, Ryan, how well we've done, how well we've played, you know, scoring goals. With that, the expectation in and around the place has grown a little bit. Are you aware of that and how do you deal with that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I suppose we had a good, was it October or September, October, was we had a lot of good results there. We were winning lots of games and you could feel it, you know, even I remember we were playing a game at home Loftus Road and it was 20 minutes in, it was nil all and we were playing out from the back and fans were nearly getting on to us for not being in the lead yet you know so which is different to what it's been over the years so definitely there's different expectations but I think with them expectations that's kind of complement to how we have started yeah, and how yeah. you know what the fans think this squad can do so I think you know if you want to be competing at the right after the championship you have to learn to be able to deal with expectation mm -hmm. and be able to go out and play every Saturday and and keep you know grinding out three points and, and staying up there because you know going out and having to win games now to be at the right half the table is you know, a lot better than in previous seasons where we've had to go out and win three, yeah. three points to get away from the bottom of the table. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a better position to be in, but different pressures. But I think, you know, the squad is, you know, there's, there's good experience in the change room and, and there's good youth that, you know, play. They don't really feel the pressure. So there's a good blend in our squad to be able to deal with that expectation. Mm. At half-time against Bre uh, Brentford, we were 1-0 down. And when you guys were coming out of the second half, you always wait so that you're all together before you come out as one team rather than in dribs and drabs. So there were six or seven you waiting in the tunnel before coming out to the second half. And I could hear you shouting to the six or seven who were waiting, this is to go second. And there was a few expletives in there as well. <laughs> but you kept repeating, this is to go yeah. second. And then we, well, we flew out of the blocks. We had the, a, a great save from, a, I think, a Naki Wells header. And then we, Grant Hall scores from the result in corner. And I thought, wow, they are so up for this. And then yeah. obviously what happened, happened. But my question is, are you embracing that? fact almost putting the pressure on of that expectation look yeah. this is where we can go I think so I think you know obviously like you said before the Brentford game we win that game we're second and obviously we've had two results that haven't gone away and we've slipped down a bit but I think you know they're the places we all want to be in the squad you know when the gaffer says to us you know it's a chance to go second tonight everyone is you know buzzing at that fact you know everyone wants to be in that position you know no one's really you know shying away from it or no one's kind of afraid mm. to say it you know whatever so I think everyone's kind of embracing, everyone's enjoying where we are, winning games. And I think the pressures, like we've, we said earlier, the pressures of playing, you know, at the top half of the table, of having to go out to win, to try to get to second, to try to get to first, to try to be in the top six, you know, that's a lot. You know, everyone's enjoying that a lot more rather than, you know, competing at the wrong end of the table, which, mm. you know, is not as, I suppose, rewarding down there yeah. as, as, as it is at the top six. But definitely everyone's relishing it. You can see in training, you know, everyone's training so hard to try and be ready to step into second or step into first or stay in the top six, you know. So 
definitely everyone in the squad is, is, is relishing the opportunities. How have you found working under Mark Warburton? Yeah, I mean, you see, I suppose you can <coughs> see on a Saturday already, the football we play is you know, so good to watch, it's so good to play, like we all enjoy it. You, know, you want to be playing with the football and, and we're scoring goals, although we're, we're, we need to start conceding less, but I think we're playing good football and training's good, you know, everyone's just really enjoying it. And I think you can see that you know, even from the start we've had, to have brought so many people in and so many people who have left, mm. you know, new staff and everything, it's just all kind of came together you know, so well so far. So I think that just goes to show that there was the right people were brought in. Everyone had the right, you know, mentality. Everyone had the same kind of visions. Then we all want to kind of go in the same direction, which just goes to show that he's, you know, the gaffer is, you know, pushing us all in the right direction, definitely. Mark doesn't leave a, any stone unturned, no. you know, does a lot of analysis work. Yeah. Uh, it's probably opened your eyes a little bit, but do you feel that he's really bringing your game on uh, over the last few months. Obviously, you're playing in a position or a couple of positions. Um, but do you feel with his impact that he's having, he's, it can only help you again? And just to yeah. add to that, we were speaking about you earlier um, on the, the Loftcast <coughs> and since said in reference to you that your game understanding has improved immensely in the last few months. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously coming in, playing a relatively new position at the beginning of pre-season, there was a lot to learn for me. and. You know, the gaffer, Neil, UST, Chris, you know, have all put in a lot of time into giving you little pointers here and there. And then obviously you have the likes of Angel and Lee, you know, who are fullbacks, played so many games at the top level that you can pick up little, you know, tips here and there. So definitely I think the gaffer has helped massively in my game. And, and I think putting the running, you know, games together for myself personally has helped, I suppose, things like that, your game understanding, things that you can't really learn from training every day. You know, you can put in the grind every day in training and, and learn the fundamentals, but you do need games to, to get the, you know, the game awareness and the you yeah. know, little tips and experience. Just on the game understanding, um, I think I mentioned Ryan, he's, he's, he's played two or three roles, but sometimes to switch from a, a, an orthodox back four where you're playing as a left back, then you're going into a wing back. And there to a lot of people, there's, there's not that much difference, but there is subtle differences yeah, with definitely. and without the ball. You know, could you, could you just enlarge the impact they've had on that, you know, whether you're playing with a, a back four and a deep line midfield player where you can push high or a wing back. I think one game you almost play like as a wing back, but you play almost like a left winger. Yeah. So there's, there's each game's different. Each, op, uh, each opposition's different, but you feel like he's developing you that in different systems. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we do, like you've seen this so far this season, we, you know, bounce in and out of a 4-3-3 or a 5-3-2. We, we, you know, we play loads of different shapes and you know even during games we change shape and and I think we do such a lot of analysis work like like you said that you know we do get thought how to do that especially me new to the position you know that we spend a lot of time going through shapes and and definitely for me you know each game by game that you're playing a different shape or this shape or that shape you're starting to just understand it more and the transition between different shapes is becoming yeah. easier and but obviously like you said you know you know to the naked eye switching from a four mm. to a five doesn't really look that much difference but there's massive difference in where yeah. you have to be at the right times in defensive shape attacking shape and, and stuff like that so I think you know with you know how good training is and and obviously with the staff we have you know the experience they have you know you're, you're constantly learning every day which is obviously key to developing. In the summer when we signed left back Lee Wallace <coughs> who had worked with Mark Warburton for a number of years and was very highly regarded and was his captain at Glasgow Rangers did you think this is fantastic for 
competition for places and it will bring the very best out of me or did you think oh no that's not what we want as because obviously you finished last season as left back and we're signing a a left back do you think oh no there's going to be a challenge here no I think I think if you wanted to be a little bit childish or whatever you think like that but that's definitely not the case I think with any squad or any player that wants to develop you need competition otherwise you just become you know you end up going through the motions in training because there's no one challenging you yeah. and obviously I was relatively new to the position so you know having someone like Lee come in who's obviously like you said played up in Scotland at the highest level up there and, and played so many games and played for Scotland and mm. you know played big games throughout his career to have someone like that to essentially learn from when I was so new to the position was, was ideal and fortunately for me and unfortunately for him injuries kind of played his part for the beginning of his season which obviously gave me a chance and, and thankfully I've been able to take that chance but Definitely, when you know the squad is when you look at the squad in general, there's no one that doesn't Safe. have competition yeah. because if you do have, if you don't have competition, you're the you know no one is there's there's not that demand every day to improve and so I think the gaffer's been really good in in the players that he's brought in. There's every position, there's two or three that can play that position. So you know every day in training, you're having to improve, you're having to grind, you're having to make sure that you're doing all the right things to either keep the jersey or you know, keep the fellow who's trying to get the jersey yeah, off you, away from you, you know. And, and as a player, you must think, I can't ask for any more than that from a manager because obviously he knows what Lee Wallace can do. But as he said, you know, Lee Wallace is desperate to play, but you can't take Ryan's shirt off him. He's been fantastic. And as a player, you think that's all you can ask for from a manager. When I get my chance, if I take it, don't hook me for a preferred historical favourite, if you like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the season when I, I was kind of, Playing away, getting through pre-season, obviously the beginning of the season, and things were going well. You know, I was, I was, you know, delighted with that. And obviously, I knew Lee was was close to getting back and stuff. So I've just been keep my head down, keep grinding, keep trying to put in performances that, you know, benefit the team. And and as long as we kind of keep winning, and we keep up with that end of the table. You know, I think everyone within the squad is going to be upbeat, and everyone's mm. going to be fighting for places. And and it can just. It just leads to, I think, a better QPR when you have that sort of competition, you know, in and around every position. And just a word on uh, the Republic of Ireland. Obviously, you've been called up into the provisional squad for the upcoming games against New Zealand and Denmark. As we speak, we haven't had the, the final squad. How pleased are you, firstly? That must have been a, an amazing moment. And who was the first person you told when you found out? Uh, it was my old man, my old man. Well, I was actually in the gym downstairs and then <coughs> Dad was, my phone was ringing. I was saying, well, why is he ringing me at training? <laughs> Answered it and he was saying, oh, you got called off. So, like, oh. so he's the first one there. So it was your dad who almost broke the news Yeah, to it was you. my dad that rang me and told me because I wasn't really on my phone at the time. Right. But um, yeah, obviously the international recognition is always, you know, a nice thing to happen. And But what I kind of always say with the international stuff is it, it comes, you know, on the back of performing every week with your club, making sure that you're training hard every day. Mm. You know, international football, although it's really once every few months throughout the season, it comes from your everyday stuff, making sure that you're you're fit, making sure that you're training well, making sure that you're in the team, making sure you're putting in performance on the weekend and that's how you get the recognition. So I think getting the international call up is nice and that, but it's kind of more of a kind of way of a reflection on the beginning of the season has gone well for me. So it's kind of a compliment in a way, but I think if I if I get into the final squad, I get into it. If I if not, I just keep performing every week, you keep grinding out do. here, and and it'll come in the, in the future. And just finally, I'm very mindful. You've got a analysis meeting yeah. in about ten minutes' time as we sit here on an afternoon. Um, just very quickly, you can head to Middlesbrough. How important is it that we get back on track results-wise going into this international break? Yeah, I think it is a massive game in terms of 
you know, I think we've been all right this season so far. We've kind of had a good positive result just before we head into international breaks, and it does really set the mood for the few days off and the training, you know, in the week while you're off and stuff. So it is a massive game, and especially with the kind of results over the last couple of weeks, you know, they haven't really gone our way. I think we kind of do need to kind of steady the ship again and get back, you know, doing the fundamentals again and obviously win and try to keep a clean sheet be a bonus is that something that you as a defender if we call you a defender yeah. I don't know what to call you these days as a defender is that something that is in your mind that clean sheet issue yeah I think I think it, it is something now that we need to start you know not, it doesn't even necessarily need to be clean sheets just as long as we're not conceding two three goals a game you know if it's one but and we're, we're playing well and we score two or three you know I mean I'd take winning three two every game but yeah. Obviously, it makes it a lot easier on everyone in the team if you know we're keeping clean sheets, keep goals out. It means obviously the attackers don't have as much pressure on them to try and you know score two, three, four a game. You know, so definitely I think everyone's just looking forward to the game and hopefully we get a good result heading into the international break. Yeah, absolutely. And very finally, since just to put you on the spot, how would you assess uh, Ryan Manning's season so far before we let him go? Uh, really good. Um, I thought he was going to go bang everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Get him out. <laughs> staring at me there. No, um, you know, I think he picked up his game awareness as coming on leaps and leaps and bounds as a left back or a left wing back. There's going to be certain situations where you have to work on your 1v1 defending. I think he's improved that massively. Gets forward, fit as a fiddle. His distribution's great, crosses great balls. So, um, yeah, he's having a great season. Long may that continue. And the point I like about listening to what Ryan's saying about call-ups and things in the future, he's actually said to himself, you know, that'll come. And that'll come as a consequence on what he's doing on the training ground and how he performs on a Saturday and a Tuesday night and uh, every game he plays in. But um, let's say congratulations so far on the season. Cheers. Long way to go and keep exactly. it going. Yeah. Hopefully great continues. stuff. Ryan, thanks very much for joining us and Cheers, best guys. of luck on Saturday. Thank you. If you're a QPR fan based overseas, you can tune in and watch live as QPR hosts Middlesbrough at the Kind Prince Foundation Stadium this coming Saturday. It's a three o'clock kickoff and you can watch for just £5. Visit qpr.co.uk for full details and sign up to QPR+. Excellent there, catching up with uh, Ryan Manning. He's a very laid-back character, isn't he, since? And that's probably helped him um, in, his, in his career today. Uh, 100%, you know, if I look at Ryan, you know, um, if you look at the last sort of three years of his career, really, you know, he, he, he came from nowhere when Ollie threw him in, up in Wolves, um, you know, when caught everyone by surprise, did really, really well, like any youngster, had a little bit of a tail off, got sent out on loan uh, to forward his development, did ever so well up with Nor um, Rotherham, got brought back and was pretty much brought back but overlooked, um, but he's now got a a great opportunity this year I think he's ever present um, you know so that speaks volumes and as I said I think he's doing really really well but he's just got to keep improving on a daily basis and uh, he'll get the rewards he deserves and Dom you were the architect of the Halloween prank which uh, Ryan Manning uh, managed to handle ever so well <laughs> um, we'll just speak to you briefly on that um, how much did you enjoy catching out some of the players you caught out? Tony Leisner, I am not scared about no, this. Was not scared at all. <laughs> Didn't work for him, but no, I uh, was I was more worried about players hating me after. <laughs> <laughs> they all took it very well on the chin. I think uh, yeah, Tony didn't blink an eye. And I think Ryan, I think he might have got a tip off about something something being up. So I think he was half prepared for something. So I mean, credit to him though to to uh, to not flinch in the end. So but no, it was good fun and it's good to see. Uh, 
see the boys uh, have a bit of fun off the field. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, plenty more to come, I'm sure, over the coming months, uh, courtesy of the boy Trimboli. <laughs> um, and as we look ahead now to the game against Middlesbrough on Saturday, just uh, firstly, um, Andy, you, you, as ever, working exceptionally hard with former QPR players and uh, a very special guest coming <coughs> to the game on Saturday, Dave Thomas. Be fantastic to see Dave. You know, for me, uh, well, first of all, in football terms, certainly a QPR absolute legend. Um, you know, brilliant player, part of that great side of the 70s. You know, forever will be talked about, and quite rightly so. Uh, yeah, so Dave's, um, I think what he's gone through over recent years is certainly well documented. But what I like about Dave, it'd be very easy for Dave to go, oh, poor me, you know, and become a victim to what he's got. What Dave's done with what he's got he's used it as an opportunity to be really really positive mm, and his try attitude it. is amazing and try and influence others you know and uh, you know getting the guide dog Hannah um, has been a, a life-changing experience for him really you know and he'll he'll say that um, he still gets emotional even when I speak to him on the phone you know he, t he talks about you know what the dog and getting the dog and the guide dogs and it's a fantastic charity uh, has done for him so yeah he's coming back to to the game at the weekend to promote his book when all proceeds are going to the guide dogs charity which is which is brilliant Dave doesn't want a penny from it um, so him and his wife Brenda coming down plus Hannah the dog coming down on uh, on Friday um, which we've uh, sorted out we'll we'll getting to the stadium on Saturday to do various bits and bobs as in promoting the book in the club mm. shop, getting them into some hospitality lounges and uh, hopefully on the pitch at half time where I know you'll get a fantastic reception. So uh, brilliant to have him down, wonderful player, wonderful man and uh, an inspiration to us all. Absolutely, he'll be in the club shop from 12.45 until two o'clock this coming Saturday, Dave Thomas signing his book. So pop in, say hello to him, show him your support. He's certainly a person who is worthy of it um, and turning to on the pitch matters Middlesbrough on Saturday before we go into the international break and then it's the real slog after that into the Christmas period and beyond um, it'd be great to sign off uh, going into the international break with a positive result um, and you've got to say Middlesbrough so far this season it's been a, a very very tough campaign for them they're currently two points adrift of safety and that's certainly not what anyone expected this season for Middlesbrough no, not at all. I think many people thought they'd sort of be challenging there and thereabouts um, for a playoff spot, but um, yeah, obviously hasn't hasn't gone that way. And um, I think they'd be under pressure now, like you said, two points adrift. Um, looking back at the recent results, though, and I guess over through the course of the season, they've been, I guess, narrow margins as well. Um, I mean, yeah. they've always been a, a sort of tough side to break down, um, but the fact is they can maybe take a bit of solace in the fact that they're not getting pummeled. No. They're sort of challenging teams. I mean, I think looking at their sort of last three results, um, they've only conceded two goals. Um, I think the week before last, they held Fulham to a nil all draw. Mm. Um, so I guess maybe there are signs... they with Huddersfield there recently as well. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, there's signs there that they're a good side and they can um, cause team problems. So I think we have to be wary of, of that and not look at their league position um, coming to Saturday and just worry about the job that we have to do. Absolutely. They've only been beaten by more than one goal twice all season. So there you go. it supports Dom's argument that, you know, while well, <coughs> they're down the wrong end of the table, 
it, it, we've spoken earlier on, on this podcast about fine margins winning and losing games and perhaps they've been on the, on the receiving end of those fine margins. It can be so easy to look at a league table and go, right, they're bottom three, we're at home, three points, let's crack on. Well, it's not that simple. 100%, I think I mentioned earlier, Reading, you know, when we played them, they were in a similar position. I don't want to be the, the bringer of doom and gloom. I think this is a really dangerous game. I really, really do. Why do I think it's a it's dangerous game? It's got the Reddings about it, hasn't it? Why is it a dangerous game? <laughs> I think expectancy will for us to turn up and win the game. Um, you know, but Middlesbrough, yeah, they're going through changes. But if you look at their side, for me, they're not a bottom three side. You know, they've got Brett Sombolonga, mm. I've talked 50 million quid signing a couple of years ago. Paddy McNair, um, full international. Ayala Fry, Housen. Johnson, George Savile, you know, that's... Yeah. So, yeah, you're as, <clears throat> you've got no divine right to be anywhere in the league. You have to earn that. But I just think maybe they're not a bottom three side. We're going to have to work hard. You've mentioned they don't concede a lot. I think we're going to have to work really, really hard to open them up. First goal, just like in any game, is going to be key. Um, but we'll give them the... And I know Mark will, and he'd be instilling this in the players we'll respect them 100% um, and we're going to have to be at our best to, to get back to winning ways but flip that to us it's a glorious chance for us to you know in front of our own fans to get three points and start moving again You'll have been doing your preparation no doubt for your QPR Plus co-commentary uh, for Saturday tell us about Middlesbrough's threats and their, their style of play as well under Jonathan Woodgate Well they don't They've only scored 11 in 15 games, so they're not free-scoring. Um, don't give too much away, so I expect a really tight, cagey setup from Middlesbrough. Um, but, you know, I've mentioned a few players already with a striker that they've got. Asan Belonga, he's capable of getting goals from nothing. George Saville, I really, really like. Johnny Housen, good pedigree, you know, at, at Norwich and was really impressive against us last season. So, so they've got players in their ranks that if we're not at our best, if we're not at it, if we lose concentration, we might get punished. But the onus is on us. Back at home. Let's get the crowd behind us. Let's get back to winning ways, if you like. And um, we've talked about where points put you. Let's see where three points puts us out of the game. <laughs> Absolutely. Since, Dom, thanks very much for joining us. And thank you for listening to The Loftcast. 